Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. DFS Strategy Show, of course, right here on awesomeo.com. I am Jason Foyes. We are here to break down UFC 262. Of course, on the right-hand side of the screen is my man, Pete Rogers Jr., the fire who getting ready to go into that Bellator bubble next week as uh, working there as he has got his own little sidekick here on the show. Uh, of course, uh, Pete, uh, how you doing, man? Uh, I know uh, you're there, obviously. Uh, you're one week out from your, your guy, Nate Andrews, stepping in the Bellator cage. Are you ready for the quarantine next week inside the Bellator bubble? Let, let me tell you, I have to do the bubble, and that's that's a little weird because it's in my hometown. So it's kind of like I will be in my own hometown, but I can't do anything and I'm restricted to a hotel room. So obviously that's like a little strange, but I'm excited for my boy, Nate Andrews, who's fighting Saad Awad at Bellator. Um, we've been grinding a lot. I've been working a lot on his striking. So I'm, I'm really excited to see him go out there and put on a hell of a performance. Um, hopefully you guys can tune in because I believe we're on the prelims or something like that, but it's going to be a heck of a fight. I believe it's actually the featured matchup on the prelim based on the uh, bout sheet that I got today from Bellator PR. So, but of course, we're here to break down UFC 262. Hopefully, it is not like last week where we lost fights and then, of course, then it became a, a roster construction. Uh, kudos, uh, Pete, last week, Colin Trezano there. Great call you on that part. Of course, uh, I definitely had a, a little share of that. So, we'll see how that goes there. But, of course, if you do have any questions on the fights, uh, be sure to leave those right now in the YouTube chat. Also, in our premium Slack account as well. We'll get to those questions as we do go on. Uh, Before we get into the fight, roster construction, Pete, let's first off talk about that. As uh, literally, it was about 30 to 45 minutes ago was the first time I actually looked at salaries. I had seen the betting odds before, so I kind of knew where the salaries would ultimately be. But there were some salaries that stuck out to me in. I think the one thing about this card in terms of roster construction is is sometimes there's weeks where we really struggle, you know, on DraftKings with that under 8,000 fighter. I don't think that's this is one of those weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting, you know, fight card for sure. I think that 
I'm going to be very disappointed for not being able to to watch the fight card. And uh, I picked a really bad weekend to disappear. But um, for roster construction, I think, you know, typically we start at the main event and it's usually priced up. And I think that both guys are pretty affordable. Charles Oliveira, 8,700. Michael Chandler, 7,500. So that's a nice starting point, whether you like one side or the other. I think that's a great way to get going with your lineups. But, uh, you know, under that 8K does seem like there's some people in there that that are definitely some good good plays. Of course, if you ever do uh, miss the show here, you can check it a part of the Awesomeo Podcast Network. All of our shows here, with the exception of Live for Lock, they are available on the Podcast Network at awesomeo.com slash podcast. And be sure to leave a five-star rating review with your Twitter handle or email address, and you will be eligible to win a free week of Also Plus Platinum. One winner is awarded every Friday, and reviews are eligible to win up to one year, you heard Pete mention he's going to miss the card on Saturday. Well, Pete's not going to be with me on Saturday. Josh Engel will be joining me on Saturday. Live before lock, we will be on 5 p.m. Eastern time. Of course, we have a ton of great program here on Awesome so be sure to hit that subscribe button so you always know when a new show is live here on the channel. If you're like me, I'm an early bird riser, so I usually wake up to Josh Engel as I, I walk into the home office at about, about 6 a.m., and then, hey, Josh is on with the process, so you definitely got to check out that. A lot of great program we have here at awesomeoak.com but let's get right into this one pete main event charles Oliveira taking on michael chandler vacant lightweight title fight uh minus 135 betting favorite for charles Oliveira, plus 115 for michael chandler and uh, me and pete were talking right before the show and you know you look at you know the the pricing on this one DraftKings at 8700 7500 21 18 dollars respectively over on FanDuel and this is one of those fights that I just feel like you have to you know when we're talking about fights you need to have exposure to this is definitely one of them yeah i mean it's a great starting point for your lineups i already mentioned that um you know it's quite a task for michael chandler to come in from another promotion in bellator have an outstanding debut now get a title shot and to take out what i think is the dark horse for the division in charles Oliveira. now he has the skill set to absolutely do that because charles Oliveira, early on in his ufc career he was able to get bullied he was able to get broken within the octagon but charles Oliveira 2.0 or charlie olives if you want to call him is uh you know a very very different fighter and when he goes forward and he can implement some sharp striking, strong Muay Thai, the best jiu-jitsu, I think, in the game, honestly. I really do. I, I really idolize Charles Oliveira. I like how his style is for the division. He's always hunting uh, finishes. Um, you know, it's a lean for me. It's not a, a strong feeling in one direction or another. I will have plenty of both fighters. But, you know, I think that Charles Oliveira could be going a little bit overlooked, especially for, you know, being the UFC veteran in this situation. If he can, you know, even test out low leg kicks against Michael Chandler, what happens if Michael Chandler leaves leaves his neck out on an overextended double leg takedown or even gets caught with a knee up the middle? I mean, we have seen Michael Chandler get hurt, rocked, and finished, you know, throughout his career. So, I mean, both guys, I I think it's going to be a smash score for whoever comes out victorious. But Michael Chandler has the wrestling pedigree to make things interesting. And I know that's a, that's a point that you definitely want to talk about. Yeah. Let me get your, as a fire perspective. I mean, you mentioned about the jujitsu level that Charles Oliveira has. If you are in team, Michael Chandler, do you, is the mindset of, Hey, let's just not worry about the ground aspect of this. Let's just keep the fight on the feet. Let's not go into potentially in the Charles Oliveira's world. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't recommend wrestling. I, I wouldn't, I mean, uh, not early on anyways, I, I think that it could be implemented later on. Um, I think that he should try to, you know, bully Charles Oliveira early on, get in his face, keep pressure, get him backing up. And when he's backing up, it doesn't seem to be the same fighter. I mean, not many people are the same fighter, Jason, when you get them on their heels. It's just natural, right? I mean, not many people can fight backing up. And uh, I, I think if Michael Chandler went out there and just tried to grapple Charles Oliveira, he's comfortable in a situation like that, even if he's facing a, a dominant wrestler. Um, obviously if he winds up on the bottom, he could be on the wrong end of getting ground and pound finished. Like you and I spoke of before the show. And, you know, that's definitely possible because Michael Chandler hits like crazy. He's, he's got so much power for his compact frame, but, uh, you know, I think it's, I think the takedowns need to be added on throughout as the rounds progress. And as the fight goes on, it does favor Michael Chandler. One thing I do want to mention here about both of these guys is where they have gone in their careers. Charles Oliveira, 
2010 and 2017 in the UFC. 10 wins, 8 losses, 1 no contest. I, I believe the number is he was stopped in 7 of those 8 defeats. It was just 2 years ago that Michael Chandler was knocked out by Patricio Pitbull losing the Bellator lightweight title. Chandler before that was 7-5 and five in, in his previous 12 matchups. And so let me just say this. If Michael Chandler wins on Saturday night, Pete, I want to make I want to make a bet with you. If Chandler wins over under 20 minutes before Scott Coker and Patricio Pitbull tweet, the best lightweights in Bellator. Yeah, I mean, come on, let's be real. Yeah, they it's a it's a win-win situation for them, right? Because Michael Chandler is coming from their promotion and their current champion has a win over Michael Chandler. So, I mean, they look good regardless and I think everybody recognizes the skill set and the talent of Michael Chandler. I mean, I'm going to be having plenty of Michael Chandler. And on a personal level, I think that he's such a great human being. I think that he's a great ambassador for the sport. He can do great things and possibly bring Habib out of retirement, if anybody. But I don't, I don't really foresee that happening. But, uh, you know, um, it's, it's, it's just an interesting matchup. It really is. And I'm excited to, uh, to watch it the day after it occurs. And, of course, uh, every day over at Osmo.com, we do have free premium data and tools. Today's free premium da- uh, data and tools, NBA ownership projections, MLB player rankings, and NHL player and stack rankings. Today, one of the tools that I was looking over there, of course, when you get your Osmo Plus member, I was looking at those ownership projections as uh, some interesting numbers. Hey, uh, I will tell you, one of the numbers I, I immediately looked for was Gina Mazzani because that was obviously a, a topic of conversation in our Slack account. Let's move over to the co-main event of this fight card, Tony Ferguson versus Benil Darius, 7600 for Ferguson, 8600 for Darius. Darius, $21 over on FanDuel, $13 for Tony Ferguson. Benil Darius, a minus 175 betting favorite. When I looked at the betting odds, that definitely stuck out to me. And and I'm seeing some of these clips today from the press conference with Tony Ferguson. And I think I still have my same thought process I had in his last matchup against Charles Oliveira is, has he made any changes? Or is it status quo? If it's status quo and there has not been changes made from what happened in the Gaethje fight and what happened in the Charles Oliveira fight, then I want to go Benil Dariush. Um, the other question I have with Tony Ferguson is, has Father Time caught up with him? And you know what I say, Pete, about Father Time? Father Time is undefeated. It is the undisputed champion. Yeah, it really is. Um, and I, I will say that this is going to be a pivotal matchup for you know the entire slate and for a lot of GPP tournaments because a lot of people will be flocking to Tony Ferguson as a value play. I mean, he is a fan favorite. A lot of people love his fighting style. I mean, he was the boogeyman. He's ran through the entire 155-pound division until he's finally, you know, met an adversary who could test him. And that was Justin Gaethje on short notice. Um, you know, Justin Gaethje. And then following Justin Gaethje, now, now the boogeyman is, uh, you know, people don't fear the boogeyman so much because one person has done it before. And now Charles Oliveira goes in there, dominant performance, just completely outclasses him. So it's a matter of how far has he fallen? And I don't even think that he has to fall far at all because Benil Dariush is legit. I think that he is a legitimate contender within the division. And this is a very, very, very difficult matchup for Tony Ferguson to kind of rebound on. Uh, Benil Dariush is, he has a complete skill set. Um, good Muay Thai out of Kings MMA. Phenomenal BJJ. If this does hit the mat and there are sequences of grappling, I would love to see who, who is you know in advantageous positions, who is the better scrambler, um, who threatens who, because Tony Ferguson is just a wild card in, in everything. Uh, personally, uh, his fighting style, he's tricky to prepare for. You don't know what he's going to say. You don't know what he's going to do. Um, and he's just completely unorthodox. But this is a very, very difficult matchup. I do like Benil Dariush, and I do like the fighter that he's evolved into within the division. And uh, I know that he doesn't have, like, a true notable win. If he, I mean, he does. He has Drew Dober. But outside of that, I mean, you think of Camacho, Close, Holtzman, Fajaya. Are they on Ferguson's level? No. You know, the Ferguson of old, it, this is the, the biggest fight of his career for sure. And it could be a nice opportunity to have a leverage position on Dariush because everybody will be flocking to the name of uh, Tony Ferguson. And I do like Benil Dariush in the fight. I, I, I truly do. I think that he can negate some of Ferguson's strengths and uh, possibly expose 
some of these these holes that might have not been patched up from previous performances from Ferguson. Here's my concern with Benil Dariush, and let me see if you uh, have the same concerns. Okay. He does tend to leave himself open, get into yeah. brawls, chins kind of out there. That does concern me. I will tell you, though, prop bets on this fight are insane if you think this fight's going to end via stoppage. Dariush by TKOKO, plus 480. Ferguson by TKOKO, plus 520. Dariush by submission, plus 10, 610. Ferguson by submission, plus 865. Wow. I mean, at that point, right, like sprinkle some, I mean, I might even do that. Um, I will be out of town, but I might have to do that before I head out of town. Um, You know, you can always count on Jason to find these little gems when it comes to prop bets or interesting spots. And uh, we appreciate it, Jason. Um, This is a fight where I don't really know how it's going to go. Like I could see them having, you know, back and forth moments and, you know, the needle kind of swaying back and forth between each fighter. And uh, perhaps Darius kind of edges them out throughout. Um, but I, I can't wait. This is like an explosive matchup that should not disappoint. Tony Ferguson on super draft, I think is pretty interesting because yeah. of what we've seen throughout the past with his volume, uh, 1.35, uh, multiplier in the flex position or a 2.05 multiplier there in the champion. I think that's someone to potentially look for there over on super draft. Let's move on. Uh, before we move on to the next matchup, do want to let you know about a promo we got going on for new awesome. plus users with nearly every DFS sport in season and the NBA NHL heading into the playoffs. It's a great time to be a DFS player. Pick up your first month of also plus platinum for 25% off. When you use the promo code gold rush, that's promo code gold rush. One word, all caps. This includes full access, all the premium content and tools at awesomeo.com, including player projections, ownership projections, our premium Slack channel, lineup builder, and so much more. Don't miss this one. Stop guessing. Start winning. Join Awesomeo Plus today. NBA season wraps up on Sunday. Uh, I will be a part of NBA Live Before Lock on Sunday, so be sure to join us. As uh, Interesting to kind of see how this does play out over the next couple of days in terms of this one. But uh, let's move on to a matchup between two flyweight fighters, but the fight's at Bantamweight because of Rogerio taking this fight on short notice. Initially, it was going to be Alex Perez taking on Matt Schnell. Matt Schnell, 8,900. Rogerio, 7,300, 20, and 11, respectively, over on FanDuel. I mentioned about there are some fighters on this card under 8,000 that I'm going to be taking some chances on. And Rogerio is one of them because of a potential knockout. Matt Schnell, he's an up and down guy. Yeah. Um, you know, had been training at American Top Team for a while. He's he's now moved over to Fortis. I want to say this is a second camp now there at, at Fortis MMA. And uh, you know, and, and something I mentioned about Fortis because we talked about it last week with uh, Diego Fajaya, Safe Saud. Uh, spoke this week, and he is actually he decided to stop the weight cut for Diego Fajaya. He got down to 161, and he stopped sweating. And he said, "You know what? I'm not going to put my fire through it." Went to Gregor Gillespie, explained the situation, said, "Hey, Gregor, if you don't want to take the fight, completely understand." And apparently, him going up to Gregor Gillespie was uh, the reason the fight ultimately happened. Yeah, he yeah he's a poker player for sure, and uh, you know he's definitely trying to make sure that his fighter has an edge but also not where they're going to, uh, you know, zap their energy or something like that. Like, you know, if your guy's not sweating, there, there's no point of, of, you know, continuing on and perhaps per, uh, affecting his performance. And I do think that was a very honest thing to do. So props to him. Um, this matchup just screams volatility for sure. Like Matt Schnell, admittedly, it's a guy I can never get right. Okay. So I don't know how you guys want to listen to me on this fight, but I can be honest and say that I struggle with Matt Schnell because his defensive lapses are what cause me hesitance. Like I, I'm always worried about him getting caught with a big shot, him getting knocked out. Um, you see it where he's even gone for an arm bar from guard and gets hit with some short hammer fist and gets finished. Um, perhaps like cutting a, in an excess amount of weight was really detrimental to a lot of his performances, but in the Tyson Nam fight, that's a power puncher and he went out there and outclassed them. So that does give me some confidence, but as far as it, you know, fighters under 8,000 that need to be in your GPP pool. Uh, you know, Rogerio Bontarine is definitely it because of his jujitsu, because of his KO ability. Um, you know, 
I am still favoring Matt Schnell, but I am definitely considering uh, Rogerio Bontarin. He's not a bad play at all on the slate. Yeah, um, you know, but I also do think it's it's worth. You have to know um, the fact that it's a one thirty five. Also, we should note big cage on Saturday night, not the yeah. twenty five footer you're used to seeing there at the UFC Apex. This will be the thirty footer, of course, uh, in front of a, a, of a full crowd. I think that also plays into it. You know, when I mm-hmm. I talked to Chris Sociagos uh, about two two and a half weeks ago, you know, I brought up that point to him, and he's like, "Yeah," he goes, "I do think it changes the fight." He goes because he goes that energy is just going to be in the building. You know, and from the first fight. All the way to the end, we saw it there in Jacksonville last month at UFC 261. So I think that's something to take in there. Next up, we got a female matchup. We got Kaylin Chukagian taking on Viviana Orujo. Kaylin Chukagian, a minus 135 betting favorite in this one in terms of the DraftKings line. 8,800 for Kaylin Chukagian, 7,400 for Viviana Orujo. Well, we talk about the current DraftKings scoring system and fighters that I just think it does not benefit. Kaylin Chukagian's one of them because if she's not getting knockdowns, she's not going for a takedown, especially at 8,800. I mean, let's just say she lands 100 significant strikes, 100 total strikes. At point four, you know, we're at 40 points there. Decision, 30 points. at 70. That's not what you want at 8,800. To me, I think she's the right person to pick in this fight to win. But if Vivian Rougeau is going to get it done, I think it's because she takes the fight to the ground. Yeah, you know, it's not my favorite DFS fight for sure. And I, I will be underweight on the fight, or I might even fade the fight completely because of Chukagian's herky-jerky, unorthodox style, pitter-patter, key-eyeing, you know, from the outside, just kind of point fighting. And it's not going to lead to a lot of fancy points. Um, Viviana Arujo definitely has power in her hands, can knock out a lot of people within the division, and that's very rare. Um, she possesses some strong jiu-jitsu as well. Um, but we've seen Chukagian implement strong takedowns. Her husband's an accredited wrestler, so she does have some sneaky wrestling. This is just a fight where I see like it not materializing to a ton of points, but I still like Chukagian's herky-jerky style to end up being victorious, and it mainly comes down to cardio for me. I, I think that she's going to have a better gas tank, and uh, Ara Ujo, I think over the course of three rounds, as the fight progresses, I think she can struggle when the, when the pace is pushed. Apparently, I missed the memo that I've got to have a dog in my lap for this show. <laughs> Listen, okay. For for people who can't see, you, you've got your, your your new dog in your lap. Tyler's got his dog. My dog's with my wife, so. Okay. Listen, <laughs> my girl's out of town, and the, I got the puppy last week. And if I put him in the crate right now and we did the podcast, you guys wouldn't be able to hear anything, okay? We're, he's still getting used to crate training. If you guys stick towards the end of the show, I will introduce you to my dog, and I'll show him on full camera so you guys get to see but uh, yeah, he's he's a blessing for the family. He's an awesome pup. But uh, that's pretty funny. We see we see Tyler, the producer, with his puppy as well. I love it. By the way, uh, Chukagian Arujo fight goes the distance minus three eighty. Wow! Holy moly! I mean, that's how I foresee it going. Unless Chukagian gets hit with a body shot, right? Because we did see her fold and crumble when she got hit with that body shot, but. Not many people could do that to her, and uh, I do foresee this going 15. I mean, look, I, I think that if you want to get some leverage on the field, and I, I would not recommend this if you're a single-entry player, but if you're a multiple-entry player, I would you potentially throw some sprinkling of Caitlin Chukagi in there just because yeah. I don't expect her to have any type of ownership. Mm-hmm. You know, just because, especially when we're talking about uh, you know GPPs and you know, just looking, she's... She's in that under 20% range that I always talk about on the show is that those are fighters that I'm always looking forward to and who potentially we could find leverage on. If you're looking for leverage and somehow you think Kagan can get the job done with the stoppage, maybe she gets some takedowns, maybe she gets a knockdown. We know the volume's going to be there. That, that's never a question with her, but, man, it's it's really tough to pay that 8800 price tag. Then our opening matchup of the pay-per-view will be a featherweight matchup between Shane Burgos and Edson Barboza. Edson Barboza, 7800 8400 for Burgos. The betting odds, minus 140 for Shane Burgos. You want to take that Edson Barboza money, plus 120. Of course, this is the first time in nearly a year. We have seen Shane Burgos since that loss against Josh Emmett. And, uh, you know, you look at Edson Barboza, you know, now down 145 pounds. He had that fight against Danny Ige that I thought he won. Uh, the judges' scores didn't go our way. And, you know, you mentioned about those prop bets that I like to find. I found a prop bet on Edson Barboza. Edson Barboza wins round three 
plus 1500. Wow. Yeah. You know, I'm excited for this matchup. This might be my one of top three favorite fights on the card. Like I'm, I'm a striker. I love in, incredible striking matchups. And I think that this is going to definitely be one of them. I mean, Shane, Shane Burgos has phenomenal boxing and good volume for the division. Edson Barboza has some of the best Muay Thai, decent hands, um, but it's the kicks. The kicking game is what separates him from the rest of the division and the rest of the 155-pound division when he was reigning in that division. So, um, you know, the, the kicking game is what makes things differently. Uh, you know, in this fight, I would love to see maybe Edson Barboza invest in some leg kicks, especially going up against a guy who's so reliant on his hands, which means he's so heavy on his front leg. Um, if Edson Barboza goes out there and throws a couple calf kicks, we could be looking at the end of the fight pretty early, Jason. So um, I like Edson Barboza's experience. I like his variety of attack. But you and I spoke a bit before the show of how both men have had periods where they get absolutely tuned up. So a guy like Shane Burgos who presses forward, throws a ton of volume, could end up backing Barboza, could end up with a ton of volume, ton of strikes, and potentially a late finish. Not what I foresee happening. But this looks like a very sneaky fight to target, one that I will be targeting because I think that there could be knock, uh, you know, knockdowns. I think there could be a late finish. But I do favor Edson Barboza's just complete game, and uh, I'm excited to have him here as the underdog. And the one thing about Shane Burgos is he is a guy that's always going to be in his opponent's face. He's not a guy that he, – he is going to look to engage with his opponent here. And, and, you know, I don't know if you saw this earlier today. There's a video where Michael Chandler goes up to Shane Burgos and says, hey, you want to know who my favorite fighter on the roster is? Goes up as Shane Burgos just because he loves his fighting style. How cool is that? I saw that video and I'm like, wow, it's such a random fighter to, to think of as, like, you know, your favorite fighter. But it goes to show you that you can like anybody and you can like their style and their gameness. And, you know, that Josh Emmett fight, I was big on Shane Burgos. And I, I thought that he could end up, you know, out-voluming and out-striking him, but the bigger shots landed, and the bigger shots sat Shane Burgos down, and he's taken the time, you know, necessary time off to somewhat heal from that, which I think is good, especially going up against Edson Barboza. I mean, the Dan Hooker fight really just kind of replays in my mind of how Edson Barboza just absolutely butchered him from body shots to kicks, just to the accumulation of shots. Um, I, I think this is going to be a heck of a striker's uh Strikers delight, and uh, I cannot wait to have exposure to it, and I cannot wait to watch it. One of my concerns about Edson Barboza, this is a guy who's taken a lot of damage over the yeah. year. At what point is it just going to kind of be what ultimately is his failure because of, of the amount of damage he's taken over the years? Yeah, so, I mean, like, if, if I was sitting there and Shane Burgos packed, you know, some more power, I think that I would be really hesitant about recommending Barboza. But Burgos really gets by with volume, speed and timing, which can still knock people out because it's not power that just knocks people out. But when I, when I see Barboza, I think that he's matched up well against guys like that because he's not afraid, so to speak, or he's not shook by the power. When he was facing off against Justin Gaethje, it was evident that once you feel power from certain fighters, you just see that the, you know, the, the fight go out of their eyes and, and, you know, maybe even the will and the just kind of like, Oh my God, he hits different. I don't really, I don't foresee Barboza feeling that way against Shane Burgos, but I mean, when you get caught by a shot you didn't see coming, it can definitely happen. And obviously the damage he's accumulated over time is worrisome. So uh, definitely have some Shane Burgos, but I am still favoring Barboza in the fight. Samuel, I appreciate you there in the super chat. Of course, we'll get to your questions at the end of the show when we go down our fight picks and whatnot, but really do appreciate you there in the super chat. Let's move on to a matchup of Jacare Souza versus Andre Muniz. Minus 110, the fight goes a distance here, so I think this is one of those fights you got to be looking at. 8,500 for Jacare Muniz, 7,700, but overall in FanDuel, 15 for Jacare, 14 for Muniz and uh, minus 125 is Jockery as a betting favorite here. Um, you know, you, you brought up a really great point to me before the show about in terms of a stylistic matchup, this is probably the best type of matchup they could give Jockery Souza at this point in his career. When you're talking about going up against a fellow submission fighter. Um, but I just go, it, it, since Jacare left Brazil and moved to Orlando, I just feel like there has not been a progression in his game where the rest of the division has progressed past him. Yeah, I think it's fair. I mean, Jacare Souza, one of the best jiu-jitsu practitioners 
in history. I mean, he's a legend in regards to jujitsu and uh, he's been very, very successful in the cage and has, you know, an incredible MMA career for sure. I mean, he is, uh, you know, 26 and nine, but over the course of his later years in his career, he's been not exposed, but just outperformed against heavy handed strikers or against finishers. Um, You think about Kevin Holland. uh, That was just the, the most odd sequence I think I've ever seen in any fight. Um, Jan Blahovic lost a split decision. Who's now the champ. Can't really hang your head against that. Uh, Jack Hermanson. Um, Jack Hermanson has been very dominant, but also somewhat inconsistent, dropping some fights that he probably should have won. Um, and uh, if you think about that fight, Jacare Souza did have to you know, overcome some adversity, some grappling adversity. And uh, that was something that I thought would never really happen. I never thought he'd get tested in that area. He's so dominant. But, you know, Kelman Gaslam, Robert Whitaker, Yoel Romero, I mean, those are his losses in the UFC. I don't feel bad about any of them. I really don't. And now that he's paired up against a guy who's primarily a grappler, comfortable off of his back, and is going to go back and test Jacare's roots, sounds like a matchup that Jacare should be able to succeed in. But it's just, has father time caught up to him? I think he has, 41. But I still think that at 41, he could probably, you know, outmaneuver get in better positions than Andre Muniz is definitely the better striker of the two. And uh, if you look at Andre Muniz's losses, he has been finished via TKO. So I do, I do think Jacare is a, a, um, you know, it going to be a very popular play despite being in the mid price at 8,500. It's just the confidence level is relatively, you know, non-existent. I have no confidence in him. Um, it's more of playing the name and playing what should happen rather than what has happened lately. Because uh, if he if he loses this fight against Andre Muniz, who's primarily a grappler, it's not looking good for him going forward against any anybody else within the division. So Andre Muniz, if he pushes a high pace, could break Jacare. But this is a, a tailor made matchup for Jacare Souza. Yeah, I mean, and I, I've as I've thought more and more about this fight, I just wonder: is this a a potential spot where Jacare wins via stoppage, and preferably, um, most notably, wins by TKO KO? Yeah, I, I think so. And I, at that price range, you'll probably need him. So, eighty five hundred, I think he's a strong play. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Yeah, of course, uh, we are... Sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Of course, with Monkey Knife Fight, you are in charge. Head to monkeyknifefight.com and be sure to use that promo code AWESOMO for instant first match deposit up to $100. Of course, they got their more or less game. So since we were talking Jacare Souza and Andre Muniz, more or less 48 and a half significant strikes for Jacare Souza. Less. 20 and a half for Andre Muniz. Less. I it's it's going to I mean he does he's not going to want to stand with Jacques Ray. He's not going to want to grapple with him. He's going to want to clinch with him. I mean that's that's what's going to happen and uh, I don't think that Jacques Ray has to land that many strikes to end up getting a a victory, but I think that he's just going to be outclassing him on the map. I will tell you uh as I was looking at Monkey Knife Fight today there are some more or less numbers out there that uh, definitely intrigue me. I'll be playing over there this weekend. There's a there's a couple I think I'm going to hop in here uh, tonight and get the get locked in on those ones. But be sure to use that promo code AWESOMO when you sign up for an instant first match deposit up to $100. Next up, we have got Lando Veneta taking on Mike Grundy. A Mike Grundy, a minus 125 betting favor in this one. And this is the 8,200, 8,000 matchup. Mike Grundy, 8,200. Lando Venata, 
thousand. With Mike Grundy, what you love about him is that takedown potential, Pete. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Mike Grundy. I really do. And I think that it's a very tricky matchup for Lando Venata. Lando Venata had an incredible debut despite the loss against uh, Tony Ferguson on short notice. And uh, ever since then, we've known him as a, a talented striker. But, uh, you know, throughout his UFC career, he's dropped some fights. And, you know, we've seen it even in the Bobby Green matchup, the, the rematch, that he can get taken down and controlled at periods of the fight. And that does not bode well for him against Mike Grundy, who is a very, very accomplished wrestler. And I think that at 8,200, I was pleasantly surprised with it. Venata um, has the name value. But I think that Grundy has the stylistic advantage in this matchup. At 8,200, I think he's going to be looking to take Venata to take down City. Could be a sneaky fighter to include in your pool. If Grundy does struggle to get Venata to the mat, he will probably fatigue. And that's where that, you know, Albuquerque Venata could end up coming through for a late finish. But I like I like Grundy quite a bit at 8,200, and I think he will be a stable for a lot of my lineups. Come on, man. How could you not love Lando Venata? Not wanting to answer the question, but then answer the questions about allegedly, I should say allegedly, your guy, Josh Fabia, getting triangle choked in a bar. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Here's my question. How does that happen in a bar scenario that you get triangle choked? I was thinking that he must have got taken down, right? Like he must have got taken down or must have, you know, maybe it was a mountain triangle. Who knows what it was, but uh, man. I, I hope some video surfaces, and I hope some more dirt on, on Fabio ends up coming up. Someone in Jackson Week has to have a video of that. I hope so, and I hope that, you know, I hope Diego Sanchez really wakes up and realizes what's happening because, like, the more you read into it, the the more sad the story is. And I mean, it's a 30 for 30 in the making. It really is, Jason. Oh. This is going to be a story that's going to be a part of MMA for a very long time. This is a very tricky and weird situation. It's a train wreck. We all love train wrecks. We're waiting for a win is the next stop on the train. But I brought this up on my show as a pure joking aspect. Yeah. Thriller Fight Club. Main yeah. event. Jake Paul versus Josh Fabia. Co-main event, Dan Hardy, Diego Sanchez. You know, what will probably happen is you'll see Jake Paul end up calling out Diego Sanchez. I mean, praying on the week right now, right? And that's another UFC fighter who's looking for a payday. His options are almost non-existent now being outcast from the MMA community because of Fabia's doing. So uh, it's either that or bare knuckle. Let's be real. Yeah, there's there's some interesting MMA free agents out there that I do wonder, has Thriller given them a fight call? Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's it's going to – they're going to do that to try to build Jake Paul. And uh, I think Jake Paul, Diego Sanchez is probably what's going to happen, honestly. There may be another name. Yeah. Yeah. There may be another name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's move on here. A uh, matchup that man I uh, do not uh, like in turn because I I don't I really don't have a trust in either one of these guys and that is Jordan Wright and Jamie Pickett uh, minus one hundred five for Jamie Pickett minus one fifteen for Jordan Wright eighty one hundred eighty one hundred. If I had to make a play in this one, Pete, I think it would be Jamie Pickett because I have more faith in his chin. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right? That's that's kind of where the dialogue ends, right? Like, that's it. That's all we got. That's that's, that's as much faith as we have. Uh, Jamie Pickett's fought the, the better competition, um, but it's barely better because they both, both have fought questionable competition. But I will say, like, Jamie Pickett has fought some UFC level competition hasn't been successful against it but I, I you know it does give me some confidence that he wasn't finished against Tafon and Chukwi um you know whereas Jordan Wright outside of early finishes he just doesn't seem to be a UFC level fighter I mean you know you, you have Jamie Pickett losing a fight to Punahela Soriano Punahela Soriano is good um getting submitted by Charles Bird as well I just think that Jamie Pickett's aggressive and could be preying on that that weak that weakness in Jordan Wright's game of his uh, his defense, his striking defense just isn't all there. And when he gets hit, you can kind of see he doesn't like it. Even going back to the Anthony Hernandez fight that was overturned, you can see that. I mean, Jordan Wright is susceptible to getting cracked, rocked, and knocked out. Joaquin Buckley put on one of the worst knockouts I've ever seen on him, and. Uh, 
you know, trained under Anthony Hardonk, Jordan Wright is, so he will have some sneaky kicks. And I think that's the one thing that uh, Jamie Pickett has to watch out for, the sneaky kicks, whether it's the low kicks, the hard calf kicks, or the spinning techniques that can come from from odd angles. But uh, it's Jamie Pickett for me, but we're really dumpster diving here, Jason. And, uh, you know, as ugly as it is, they're both priced at 8100 That That price range is probably going to be required in order to be a part of the optimal lineup because I don't foresee this going the distance. Yeah, I just – this is one of those fights I think I'll still limit my exposure to, you know, I just don't want to get too much exposure into it. Um, you know, but I think you, you have a good chance that this one, you know, potentially, uh, could end up optimal. We'll see what happens. Of course. So one of the things we do love is we do send us those screenshots of your big wins. And of course, where you could potentially get into the awesome hall of fame. Of course, you got to rock that awesome avatar app. All you got to do is go to, uh, awesome.com slash avatar to download that image. And we placed in the top three of a contest with over 5,000 entries. Just tweet your wins to the awesome H O F Twitter account. And you'll win a free month of awesome. Plus some of our recent winners, Joel taking it down there in the NBA 10 K mini max winning a thousand. Also big Ben winning there over on FanDuel and uh, Ernest also winning over in NBA. You see his tweet there, right there on the screen. Spark winning over there on Yahoo. Also, Marty and Sean Smith also taking down wins. So, hopefully, uh, we, we can see your screenshot here on uh, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning about your wins there at UFC 262. Of course, uh, we're here to help break this one down for you. Of course, myself and Josh Engelman will be here on Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern time for Live Before Lock. Of course, uh, we'll be answering all of your questions. But, uh, Pete, let's move on to the next matchup. And that will be Andrea Lee taking on Antonia Shevchenko. Antonia Shevchenko, a minus 125 betting favorite. Andrea Lee, plus 105. And one of the things... And, and I talk about this all the time, Pete, of looking at the betting odds. And the betting public has been all over Andrea Lee in this one. She started up at plus 160, now down to plus 105. In terms of a, a DFS aspect, I, I just I don't love this fight in terms of, of DFS, um, especially when you're talking about the price point of Antonia Shevchenko at, at 9,200. I feel like... If her last name was not Shevchenko, I don't think people are as high on her as they are. Yeah, I mean, I, that's completely fair, right? I mean, you, you, we've heard of training partners of so-and-so. We've heard of sisters or brothers of so-and-so. And obviously their stock is always automatically elevated when, you know, it's just really brought on by, you know, you know their, their brother or their sister. Um, and I, I will say that, you know, Antonina, she's not bad at all. She's, she's a, a good fighter for the division, but I think that, you know, her, her salary is really overblown because of her previous performance over Ariana Lipsky, uh, scoring 115 points and, uh, getting her out of there within a second round. So automatically she's going to come in as a heavy favorite, especially when she's going up a, a fight against a fighter in Andrea Lee, who's on a three fight losing streak within the UFC. So, uh, you know, preying on the weak, and that's how odds work, right? You, you see a fighter who's just coming off a victory, and you see a fighter who's on a skid, and, uh, you know, Andrea Lee could be a sneaky fighter to target, but this is another fight like the Viviani Ariujo fight where I just don't feel like it's necessary for lineups. Like, I, I'm okay fading it because uh, it seems like it's going to be a back-and-forth clinch fest where despite Shevchenko getting taken down at times, Andrea Lee can be taken down as well, and I think it's going to be a, you know, a back-and-forth fight um, both exchanging on the feet. Shevchenko does like to engage in the clinch, and that's where she can have some success uh, working strong knees. And maybe this is more about control time against the cage. But at 9,200, right, she has to do something extremely well in order to pay off that price tag. And I just don't really foresee it happening, despite Andrea Lee being on a three-fight skid. I think it's a closer fight than what the odds say. I, I don't mind people siding with Andrea Lee. I mean, she's a a strong striker, a decent wrestler, um, could possibly expose Shevchenko. But I do think a fighter like Antonina Shevchenko is probably evolving each fight and getting better. I mean, she is training with her sister all the time, um, which doesn't mean a lot, but it's hard to get worse when you are surrounded by the bullet. And uh, 
I think that she will get better. She's seeing, you know, a, you know, one of the best female fighters every single day in the training room. So uh, I still favor Shevchenko, but the price tag is hideous. Um, I'll be underweight to the entire matchup. This has 15 minute decision written all over it. Yeah. The Vegas odds make that claim as well as it is minus 370 to go distance. Andrea Lee has gone the distance in all her UFC fights. And when you look at when Antonina has gotten a stoppage, Ariana Lipsky, Lucy Padova, uh, and also on the contender series. So when she's had that step up in competition, it's gone 15 minutes. The, pro- the problem I have is if you, even if I want to play, a 10, 15% exposure on Antonina here is at 9,200. I just, I don't necessarily see the path to her being optimal at that price tag with how I expect the fight to go. Yeah. And I'll tell you a lot of people, um, just like Samuel B in our chat and uh, shout out to Sam was up, um, you know, initially looking forward to rostering Shevchenko because of her previous performance, how good she looked. But I will say that, uh, you know, that Andrea Lee is sneaky good. Like, she, not sneaky good, but she's she's better than what her record shows. And she's a tough fight because she's skilled in all areas, um, th- th- which is why I think that this could be a lot of negating each other's strengths and uh, kind of just, you know, teetering, tottering back and forth and, and edging each other out. So it's still Shevchenko for me, but the price tag makes this almost unplayable. Andrea Lee is my number one pump play of the week. Ooh. Okay. Um, yeah, okay, so in a win, Jason, what do you think she would score? My gut thing is 70. Okay, and you'd be fine with that, right? Yeah. Okay, I mean, I mean if you're look, fine- when you look at throughout her UFC career, she's been a high volume puncher. So yeah. we've seen that. She's not she's not a takedown artist. Um she obviously there are, yeah. there has been things away from fighting that have gone on in her life. So if you told me she's going to land a hundred strikes in this matchup, I would not be shocked. I do think that we are going to see takedown attempts from Shevchenko throughout this fight. Probably. And uh, you know, everything you said is fair. I think that Andrea Lee should be a part of GPP pool, but I don't think like she could break. I mean, she could break the slate. I just don't really think it's a likely scenario where like a, you know, a, a fighter in the 7K range could get 90 to 100 points. Like, for me, like, that's kind of like what I'm thinking of. Like, all right, they might be a part of the optimal. She could probably get 70 to 80 points, and I would agree with you. Um, if she gets more than that, I would be completely shocked and surprised. But, uh, you know, kudos to you if you're correct on that. And uh, I think she's going to be a popular underdog because of her box score, and you think she scored 67.8 uh, points per fight. And in a loss to Roxanne Mortiferi, her last time out, 97 significant strikes, three takedowns, scored 71 points in a loss, Jason. So uh, definitely will be popular, I think. So you, you might be onto something here. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so (laughs) you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Yeah, there are three fighters, 7,500 and below, I am targeting this week in terms of my under 8,000 plays, and I think you'll understand who they are when we give our straight-up fight picks. Okay. Of course, uh, do want to let all of our fans know that Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy will have a special deal tomorrow for anybody who watches our shows tomorrow at for the NBA Deeper Dive and Live Before Lock starting at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. All new and existing Yahoo DFS users will receive a free contest entry into their big NBA baller contest. That's 100% free entry into Yahoo's main GPP contest tomorrow. So make sure to tune in to our NBA Deeper Dive and Live Before Lock shows tomorrow to find out how you can get that free entry. Of course, I'm always uh, watching our our NBA coverage, of course, not also because I'm a part of it, but also because I'm trying to develop my lives and figure out who's in, who's out, who to put in your lineup, which uh, does make NBA DFS pretty tough because you're trying to figure out who's in and who's out. As I was putting together some lines, like, do I really want to put Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in the same lineup together? Mm-hmm. Will they actually both play? 
uh, or will they actually they're, both they're, produce, right? I mean, they're both, like, they're, I, they're both starting tonight. I have not looked at the box score yet during the show, but they were both starting tonight. So uh, we'll see how well that works out for me. All right, let's move on to a fight that I know it was a popular top of. <laughs> it's so bad, Jason. It's so bad. Let's be real. This is so Our bad. second biggest favorite of the night. Gina Mazzani taking on Priscilla catch Oera 9,300 for Gina Mazzani 6,900 for Priscilla catch Look, if you are going to take Gina Mazzani, the thought process has to be she is taking Priscilla catch to take down city, but buyer beware. If she can't take her to take down city. You might be sweating out potentially, potentially a catch knockout. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, right? Kechuera could easily knock out Gina Mazzani. And, and in the UFC and Gina Mazzani's losses, we have seen her crumble to pressure. Um, but, you know, being a part of Glory MMA, it's hard to, you know, not recommend anybody that's under the tutelage of James Krause. We speak of it every week. And, uh, you know, despite coming in here at 9,300, you know, the most, expi- most expensive fighter on the slate, which absolutely blew my mind, I think that she's a strong play. From the from the you know the wrestling and takedown aspect, I think that uh, you know Priscilla Cachoeira could struggle and uh, you know could get taken down and controlled throughout. And you know I think that if you pair her up with some other fighters on this card, this could be the sneakiest fight to target because Cachoeira possesses that one shot power. You saw it against Shayna Dobson. But it's Gina Mazzani for me. And this fight, I wish it wasn't even happening, but it is. And unfortunately, will be a part of the optimal because of how volatile both fighters fight. Yeah, it's one of these matchups that, to me, if you're going to take Gina Mazzani, I will be underweight on the field on this one for what we're seeing in terms of ownership projection. Of course, uh, if you do want to uh, check out our ownership projection, just sign up for an also plus. You can sign up for the also plus weekly pass for eight ninety five to help you put together your lineups here and uh, all the great tools that we have over there. That top fire tool is definitely something that I use each and every week when I am developing my lineups. Now we got two more matchups left. Kevin Aguilar taking on Tucker Lutz. 7,900 for Kevin Aguilar, 8,300 for Tucker Lutz. Let me get your thoughts on this one, Pete. Yeah. So, I mean, Kevin Aguilar coming in, I think is going to be a nice piece for a lot of my lineups. I think at 7,900, you're getting a significant discount for a UFC veteran. And, uh, you know, coming up against a guy, you know, that's making his UFC debut and Tucker Lutz, it's not that I'm not impressed by Tucker Lutz. I think he's okay. I just think that Kevin Aguilar is not bad at all. I mean, former LFA champ, uh, you're really, really talented. Um, you know, good, good striking has dropped some fights, but he's fought some legitimate competition and has some wins over some good competition as well. Um, good, good boxing, decent sprawl. Uh, and I can say that despite getting outclassed against Charles Rosa, um, you know, it went over Rick Glenn means a lot. Uh, it went over Enrique Barzola means a lot. I don't care that it was in 2018, 2019. That does show me that you are a part of a level that can compete with some of the top guys or, or some of the uh, mid mid tier guys within the UFC and uh, not getting finished by Dan Ige is another thing that I, that I really, you know, give him props. And I think that Kevin Aguilar 7,900, one of the best plays on a slate, honestly, um, outside of a, an early first round finish. I think that Lutz will be a nice little fade for me. Yeah, I'm uh I'm with you in, in terms of that one. I do like Kevin Aguilar. Uh, Nick, I will get to your question about Antina Shevchenko here in a moment. Uh, one more matchup to go. Opening matchup, of course, this was initially supposed to be Joel Alvarez taking on Chris Sociagos. However, Alvarez visa issues, unable to get into the country. So Sean Soriano returns to the UFC to take on Chris Sociagos. And I'm just going to let people know. This is a fight that me and Pete are not on the same page on because I am a full believer at Christos Yagos. He is taking Sean Soriano to take down City. I can't. I think that it's definitely possible. And I think that Christos Yagos, you know, the takedown route will be a popular narrative for a lot of people. Um, you know, on the other side of it, I do want to say that Sean Soriano, Sor, Sean Soriano is not the same fighter he was in his early UFC tenure and, uh, you know, training and being a part of Sanford MMA and a staple of Sanford MMA, you know, over the years, he has become a uh, main sparring partner for Michael Chandler. He has, um, you know, trained with some of the best guys. And I think that he could prevent some takedowns and 
punish Christos Jagos, who has, you know, a questionable gas tank. So I think Sean Soriano is one of the best GPP dart throws on the entire slate. Now, this, this fight will most likely be a part of the optimal, and it will continue the stretch where, you know, the first fight of the night is like above 50% a part of the time of the optimal. I mean, we had a, an awesome listener who actually, you know, um, goes back and has been keeping track of this for some time. And it's over 50% of the time first fight is optimal. So, uh, you just have to be on the right side of it. And Christos Giagos with a full camp could expose a short notice Sean Soriano replacement. Absolutely. Um, if Sean Soriano isn't submitted, I like him from a late finish perspective, dynamite kicks, dynamite hands, strong training partners. Give me Sean Soriano, part of my long shot pool. But uh, Christos Chiagos, Jason Jason Floyd likes him quite a bit. Christos Chiagos via submission, plus 575. Ooh, okay. Yeah, you know, it's the gas tank for for me. Christos Chiagos, uh, you know, in the low kicks and, you know, getting hit by a guy that what happens if he can't lay the takedown? What happens? You know, it might, and things might get interesting. Yeah, I just, to me, the 9100 price tag does concern me a little bit. Okay. If he can't get the finish, how many takedowns can he get? You know, because concern would be is what happens if it's just a takedown around. And third round, cardio becomes a little bit an issue. But mm-hmm. also, you have one one fighter in this one that's been preparing. True. Christos got this fight, I believe, 13 weeks ago. True. He is he has been in long time preparations for this one, so um, that that is something to pay attention to to there as well. But of course, we get before we get into our straight up fight picks. Of course, be sure to subscribe also here on YouTube if you have not done that. Hit that notification bell. We got great shows for you each and every day. I know Emacs checking in. You got to check out what Emac does with our MLB coverage. That'll be help you with your MLB lineups. And, of course, uh, be sure to hit that thumbs up button. We do appreciate that. Let's go straight up fight picks. Right. Let's go, uh, you know, bottom to the top. So let's start off with that first fight. Christos Yagos. You're starting off with Soriano. fire. You're starting off with fire because you know we're going to disagree, and I'm cool with it. I'm picking Sean Soriano, and this is not DFS related. It's a fight you need to target. But I'm siding with Sean Soriano. Uh, I think he's going to get it done. Christos Yagos, who, by the way, got married during fight camp. No, nah, it's a bad sign. It's a bad sign. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I always joke with him. says, so did your now wife say, you better not get a black eye a week before this wedding? Yeah, yeah, right? Uh, next up, Kevin Aguilar versus Tucker. Let's give me Kevin Aguilar. Yeah, Kevin Aguilar for me. Gina Mazzani versus Priscilla Cachoeira. Gina Mazzani. I will agree with you there. Andrea Lee versus Antonia Shevchenko. I already know where you're going. I'm going Shevchenko still. Give me Andrea Lee for the upset. Jamie Pickett, Jordan Wright. Close your eyes. Jamie Pickett. I will go with you, Jamie Pickett there. Mike Grundy, Lando Venata. I like Grundy. I like Grundy as well. Uh, Another one I think you don't feel great with either side. Jacare Souza, Andre Muniz. Yeah, Jacare Souza, I guess. I will go Jacare. Barboza and Burgos. Give me Barboza, even though I don't feel good about that one. Yeah, I like Barboza. I think the kicks will be the difference. Chukagian versus Arujo. Give me Chukagian. Chukagian. Rogerio versus Snell. I will go Rogerio. I've been going back and forth on this all day. I'll go, I'll go Snell. Dariush Ferguson. Uh, give me Dariush. I don't like me doing this. Give me Okakui. Okay. Chandler Olivero. Give me Iron Mike. Ooh, okay. I'm going Charles Oliveira. And, uh, you know, this is an incredible card. It really is. If you aren't doing something on Saturday, I would strongly suggest watching it. If you're a casual fan, a hardcore fan, this is going to be a treat, top to bottom, very, very good card. And, you know, I'm keeping my promise, Jason. Let's see. This is this is Marty, if you guys haven't seen him popping up, you know, throughout. And uh, this is my new puppy. So, uh, you know, thanks for, I, thanks for tuning in. I feel like Marty has disagreed with some of your analysis. <laughs> I mean, if you want to go back in the video, right? Maybe every time he fidgets, every time he fidgets, just go the opposite side of my pick. Maybe that's something. I mean, my brother one time did a NCAA tournament by uh, having the two teams and having treats, one treat on each team. And he, he won the entire pool because his dog just kept, you know, picking the correct team. So Maybe maybe you go back and you watch this again and you see where Marty fidgeted and uh, maybe he's onto something. Boy, my vet would not agree with that uh, tactic. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, man. Uh, mentioned uh, Sammy has Super Chat earlier with his usual question, so let's pop a top two cash. Okay. Uh, top two cash. Let's see. Who do I feel really, really, really good about? Uh, Mike Grundy. I like him. I think that he's uh, fairly priced, and I like Kevin Aguilar. I will. I do agree with you on Grundy. I think in terms of cash, God, I hate I'm going to say this, Caitlin Chikagian. Top Ooh. two GPPs. Ooh, top two GPPs. Um, Gina Mazzani probably. Uh, I hate that. And probably Crystal Chiagos, you know, both two takedown threats. Uh, throw, throw Grundy in there as well. I was going to say Grundy and, and Yagos. The, the Chikagian on cash is just because I feel I feel safe that she's going to win. Yeah. Makes that, sense. That's what. Uh, top underdogs. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you the top three underdogs I'm, I'm, I'm targeting are Michael Chandler, Rogerio Batarian, and uh, Andrea Lee. Uh, Edson Barboza. Um. Kevin Aguilar, Sean Soriano. Uh, favorite MVPs and champions. Um, I'm really I'm looking at Mike Grundy at seventeen dollars over on Fanduel as as an MVP, just because of the takedown ability. Yeah, I, I love Grundy on all platforms. Uh, inside the distant calls. I think this is a fight card that has a chance to uh, have a lot of decisions, but I think in terms of inside distance, I'm looking at the main event. Burgos Barboza is another one. Um, Ooh, you think you think that it's going to be inside the distance? Third round. I think. I think. It, okay. I think someone it, it just wears the other one down. Um, and uh, I was going to. I think Pickett Wright probably ends in a finish too. Yeah, I mean, the Chanel Bontarine fight really just, I can't see that going 15. I, I think that somebody's going to make a mistake. Chanel might get caught with a big shot. Bontarine, um could end up getting caught with a big shot or even submitted. So, I mean, it's a, it's an exciting fight. I think that's interesting from an inside the distance and obviously the main event. I don't foresee that going five. The upset of the night call, to me, I think you look at one of, you look at one of three fights and they're all the female matchups. Really? Upset of the night. You got a lot of close close lines here on the betting odds too. Is that cheating? I say Enzo Barbosa. Like no, no. I mean Edson is what plus one. He's plus one twenty. That's cheating. That's cheating. But um, a, lot, a lot of these these lines are just very close. All right, I mean, all right you ready? Because I already said it once. Upset of the night, Sean Soriano. I think it happens. Take down City, baby. He's going to take down City. <laughs> uh. Um, mentioned a question that we got from Nick a little earlier uh, about Shevchenko. He says, is Antonina in play on FanDuel for $17? At the $17, I would rather go the Mike Grundy route. Agree. Um, you know, maybe if you wanted to go to a $16 route. Um, I, went, I really don't like Tucker Lutz in, in that position. No. Um, I mean, or you can go $1 more and get Michael Chandler. Uh, yeah, I'd rather do that, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, but, of course, uh, we will be uh, – I will be here on, on Saturday. Pete, uh, unable to be here on Saturday for the Live Before Lock. Josh Engelman will be filling in for him. Of course, uh, we'll get uh, Josh's perspective as he offers a, a different perspective, you know, in terms of some of the, the analytical side, as me and Pete are definitely uh, more about the, the, the fighting side of this one. Pete, anything you want to mention before we get out of here, man? No, I mean, I just want to say thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, you know, before you head out, if you enjoy our show, just, you know, let us know by, you know, whether leaving a comment or hitting that like button. If you could hit that like button, we'd really appreciate it. I mean, uh, pretty awesome that Josh is going to be here with Jason. I mean, you talk about one of the best guys within the entire industry. So uh, I think you guys are lucky, especially how he, you know, provides a different approach. And uh, I can't wait to see this card the following day. Of course, uh, that'll be 5 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday, UFC Live Before Lock. Of course, be sure to keep it locked here also all day long on Friday as we'll have you covered for all the sports out there from NBA, MLB, and so much more. So that is going to do it for this edition of the also MMA DFS Strategy Show. 
I will talk to you again on Saturday for Live Before Lock. Good night, everybody. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.